Hello, church, and welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. My name is Ben Shaw. I am the Director of Modern Worship and Media here at the church. I want to tell you about an exciting service opportunity coming up in the next few weeks. Last year, we held our first FUMC Serve Sunday, where we went out into our community in different groups to spread the love of Christ through service. It was an amazing experience, and we had plans to do it again this year, but 2020 got in the way. After much planning, our Serve Him team has come up with a way for us to go out and serve again. We are calling it Seven Days of Service. During the week of November 19th through the 26th, there will be multiple service projects each day of the week for all skill levels to get involved, as well as some DIY service projects that you could do from home. Check out our website for more information and registrations will be available later this week. We would love for you to join us this coming Sunday at 8.30 for Modern Worship, 9.30 for Sunday School, and 10.30 for Traditional Worship. We have both virtual and in-person options for all three times. Head on over to fumcm.org for more information. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry here with us at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Now, here is our senior pastor, Reverend Drew Shelley, as he brings us a message on this All Saints Sunday. Will you pray with me before we hear our gospel lesson today? Oh God, we give you thanks for your presence with us across time and space. We're grateful that you draw us together in this very special and meaningful way on this All Saints Sunday. We pray now that your Holy Spirit would move in our homes and our hearts in powerful ways that we might hear the good news you teach us today. Open our hearts and minds to everything that you say to us through your scriptures. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and may the people of God say, Amen and Amen. Our gospel lesson uh, this morning is from Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 11. You'll find the words familiar, I am sure. They are the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount, the very beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Let us hear the Word of God. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak. He taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, preachers, you may be surprised to know, often receive unsolicited criticism regarding their work. Nearly all of it is constructive and helps us grow and get better at shepherding. I dare say, most of the time, it is the Holy Spirit teaching us some important lesson that we need to learn. Sometimes not, though. (laughs) Several times I've had people question my preaching too much of the love of God that we know in Jesus. An older man at a church once said to me, all you ever talk about is love, love, love. It's like a Valentine card exploded in our pulpit. Oh, goodness, we had a fight. He and I had a fight in my carport about all of that on a Tuesday morning. I said, I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. He said, no, I want fire and brimstone. I want to know everything God is against. I want you to step on my toes. I want to feel guilty. I offered to go by his house every morning and tell him what a sorry dog he was. He almost took me up on it, and if he had, I would have made time for that. (laughs) I still sometimes hear that criticism, but in different ways, and and it is a fair one, until you unpack the way the word love is used in the Scriptures and the way we preachers think we use it. The word love is agape most of the time. That's not Valentine love at all. It's a Greek word. It's love in work clothes. It's love that expects nothing in return. It is love that snatches you out of the fire. It is love that holds you tight when you're having a fit. It is love that puts you in time out when you're just being a sorry human being. It is love that believes the best about you while also being very honest with you. It is not Valentine card love at all. Paul, John, and even Peter crystallized the teachings of Jesus into this one word, love, because nothing else would do. Far be it from me to deviate from the apostles' teaching. Still, it is awfully easy to put our shallow, sweet, syrupy, modern understanding of love over this ancient Greek word for love that is deep, powerful, and transformative. When we do that, we miss the mark and we give ourselves to be la- permission to be lazy in living the love of God in the same way that the bouquet of flowers and the diamond tennis bracelet is supposed to undo the last decade of selfishness in our marriages. It's nice, but we all know that ain't enough. <laughs> well, what's a preacher to do then? We need something concrete, something specific with some teeth in it. So folks quit listening to sermons through Barry Manilow songs. It's no surprise that Jesus is the answer. In fact, one of Jesus' best sermons, he climbs into his mountain pulpit and he gets right to the point. He says, you want to know about God and about God's love? I'll tell you. Jesus says, you are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and His rule. You are blessed when you feel like you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Jesus says you are blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God, the best meal you'll ever eat. You are blessed when you care. At the moment of caring, you find yourselves cared for. 
you are blessed when you get your inside world, your heart and mind put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You are blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You are blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. That persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Jesus says, not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even for though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds and know that you are in good company My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. That's what Jesus says. I wonder what kind of person intentionally lives into these situations that Jesus describes. Jesus describes a way of life, a way of love that flies in the face of our greatest ambitions. We just want to be comfortable, at peace, and happy. Jesus says, that isn't enough. The kingdom work that you've been given to do drives you to places you don't want to go but you go anyway because you are learning what it means to live love. And you get hurt, you get uncomfortable, you get tired, you get mad, you get to the end of your rope, but you go anyway because that's just what you do when you are following Jesus. This is what love in the kingdom of God looks like. It looks like everybody matters to God, so everybody matters to us, even though it's messy and uncomfortable and deeply challenging. Today is All Saints Sunday. We remember those followers of Jesus who have gone before us, the blessed ones who have shown us what the love of Jesus really looks like. Sunday school teachers who labored in that second grade class for 35 years, building a foundation upon which we are still building. Choir singers whose voices rang out for 40 years to lead us in praise and prayer. Disciples of Jesus who poured their lives into ours with no idea what their work would mean to us when we finally got it. Sisters and brothers, mothers and fathers who lived the love of God with a concreteness that still challenges us today, that still inspires us today. The woman who went down to the journey home nearly every day because she said, these folks just need a smile and to know that somebody cares about them. We think of them and others like them, and we give thanks to God for them. This list from Jesus' sermon, a list we often call the Beatitudes, was a life's goal for so many, a way of life. But how often do we get the chance to tell people what they have meant to us? How many times have we stood for that friend on All Saints Day and thought, if I had just taken a few minutes to tell him what he really meant to me, if I had just spoken the words, thank you for teaching me what it means to really follow Jesus. I've had that moment many times. I think today, especially of a man who served as church council chair for two years in a church where I served, he died very unexpectedly, complications from heart surgery. 
I've never worked with anybody quite like him. So, so calm, so peaceful, so funny. <laughs> it, it could have been the bourbon he liked so much, but I don't think it was. He, he loved people in a gentle way. And he could hang with folks who were angrily working through their own stuff, even if it meant he got a little attacked in the process. And boy, he often did get attacked in the process. It irritated him, but he was so understanding. We went through some crises and some chaos together in that church, and he was unflappable. He was always speaking his mind with a humility and an integrity that left room for people who felt differently than he did. But he was also always still pushing us into uncomfortable and messy arenas of ministry. He always did a devotion for church council. They, they lasted about 90 seconds, and most would have made a seminary professor cringe. They were always from the Gospels, always something about Jesus. He'd, he'd sort of ramble through, and he'd finish up, and he'd say, well... That's what Jesus did. What are we going to do? <laughs> That's what Jesus did. What are we going to do? We, uh, we preached his funeral from the Beatitudes, specifically verse 5. Blessed are the meek. I didn't want to use that verse because that word is so terrible. You have to spend so much time explaining what it means. Nobody wants to be called meek. It's almost an insult in our culture today, even though it is what is most needed in our culture today. So I went ahead and did it. I spent 15 minutes at his funeral trying to explain Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew so folks would understand that what Jesus is really saying is, blessed are those who have this incredible mountain-moving strength and stamina working under the control of love in work clothes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We said, why do they get to inherit the earth? Well, it's because they're the only ones who would know what God wants us to do with it. I, I wish I had been able to tell him all of that before he died. I do wonder if we preachers aren't careful enough with all this love talk. We do paint a picture of a Valentine card Jesus, which isn't really the real thing. By some miracle of grace, the real Jesus is the one you see at work in the people who challenge you, who encourage you, who inspire us to step away from our common goals of comfort, peace, and harmony to take up the call of the gospel. Salvation, wholeness, healing, and flourishing for all people, all of humanity, the Beatitudes put teeth in our love talk. What would it be for us to take the time now to let the people around us know how we really feel, to write a card to those people whose lives are right now actively pointing us to Jesus? Certainly, they'll be surprised and blessed by such a thing, Let's all do that this week. Let's all write a card, send an email, make that phone call. Just let these folks know what they mean to us now instead of waiting until All Saints Day to call their name and stand and remember them. Maybe in doing something like this, the love of God we know in Jesus will be crystallized in some concrete action leading to more concrete action in our lives too. That's what this love we talk so much about is all about, concrete action. 
not just Valentine cards or feeling guilty. Something to think about. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like more information about how to get involved here at FUMC, you can find us online at fumcm.org or by searching FUMC Borough on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Have a great week.